KPBS On Demand is supported by Under the Sun Foundation, presenting the Candlewood Arts Festival in Borrego Springs, featuring temporary public art projects that engage community and place. March 23rd. More at candlewoodartsfestival.org. It takes just minutes to get to Tijuana. And yet, many San Diegans don't go. Some cite the violence fueled by drug cartels. Others are intimidated by the border itself. It's fear. But the reality on the ground can be much different. And those who do get over their concerns and cross the border looking for good food, art, and culture in Tijuana will find it. Here's a tourist flying through the port of entry in San Isidro. This is is a breeze. This is a breeze. Yeah, I think very, I mean, very efficient. I mean, what's a few minutes to stand in line? So there's one guard here um, with a pretty big gun. Does that make you at all nervous, sir? No, not really. I think it's just like a stage problem. <laughs> I'm pretty, pretty laid back, aren't I? I just gave him a thumbs up. I'm Alan Lilienthal, and you're listening to Only Here, a KPBS podcast about the place where San Diego and Tijuana meet. Today, KPBS podcast producer Kinsey Moreland hops on a bus, joining a guided tour of Tijuana. It's the kind of tour that shows off the cool side of the city, the kind of tour that's kept tourism alive in a border city with a reputation for violence and murders. It's a story about fear and an industry that's blossomed from it. Only here can you find a San Diego museum that's become a de facto diplomat for Tijuana, helping tourists get over their fears of visiting a city with a skyrocketing murder rate by getting them to experience the reality on the ground. KPBS On Demand is supported by Under the Sun Foundation, presenting the Candlewood Arts Festival in Borrego Springs featuring temporary public art projects that engage community and place. March 23rd. More at candlewoodartsfestival.org. Some people think they'll get murdered in Mexico. Shot, beheaded, dissolved in a vat of acid. More than 1,700 homicides were reported in Tijuana. And Tijuana remains the nation's second most violent city. There have been more than 540 homicides so far this year in Tijuana. And yeah, Tijuana is struggling, reeling from record-high murders and violence. But day-to-day life in the city is much different than what outsiders imagine. A lot of the violence is drug-related and centered in a few parts of the city. It rarely spills over and touches tourists. Just a handful of Americans have been victims of the drug-fueled violence over the years. Donkeys painted like zebras for funny photo ops, $5 buckets full of beer bottles, $1 street tacos for surfers making pit stops in TJ on their way to other parts of Baja, a borderline that's sometimes so long it snakes its way deep into the city. It's all still here, still happening despite the drug war. And there's so much more to Tijuana, so many treasures to be found for tourists who can get past their fears. Because here's the thing, lotus flowers grow from murky mud. In other words, there's a ton of beauty in the border city 
for those willing to explore it. A lot of the best art, food, and culture here come from the city's struggles. The violence hasn't killed Tijuana. The city is alive. Here's producer Kinsey Moreland. The fear stopping people in the U.S. from exploring Mexico has actually created an opportunity. And so every element about the trip is meant to show people who don't live in Tijuana how to experience the city as if they had all their lives. There's a growing number of folks offering full-service tours of TJ. Tours that offer the kind of hand-holding many newbies crave. Tours, they come from, you know, typical Tijuana, traditional, iconic activities. Lucha Libre, partidos de football, soccer games, uh, concerts, museums. Here's KPBS's Crossing South television show going on a tour with Turista Libre. It's a tour company that shows off the fun side of Tijuana. We have a very special treat for you. We're going on a, on a very interesting tour called Turista Libre, and it's headed by an American who brings them down here to Baja, Tijuana in particular, to get to see the Mexican experience. So we hope you enjoy the Museum of Contemporary Art San Diego has also thrown its hat into the Tijuana tour ring. Staffers at the museum have for years relied on Tijuana's trove of artists to fill out some of its best regional shows. They know the talent that's here if you look. Six years ago, the museum's April Farrell and Chris Scorsa realized they could help people get over their hesitations about going to Tijuana and see some of the art being made in the city for themselves. They launched their first tour and quickly found that art and culture can work as a tool for helping people get over their fears. The first-timers, are, are, and especially on the earlier years of this program, were very hesitant. Uh, and they were very uh, glad to be on this trip because they felt that sense of comfort, like an, a cultural institution was endorsing the trip, that it was well-organized, and uh, they would be in a protected environment, per se. Um, and I've always want them to feel at ease and show them how easy and accessible it is to move around and how those things that we might be afraid of, which many of people uh, tend to be afraid of, of the sort of poorly described uh, violence um, and how it's portrayed in the news, that like always, you just go where it's safe and uh, stay away from where it might be a little bit more dangerous and uh, don't call attention to yourself. It's 9 a.m. on a Friday morning last October. Chris is standing at the front of a bus talking to 27 people, Hello. mostly folks from San Diego and Los Angeles. Um, so my name is Chris Scorsa. I'm the Director of Education and Engagement, and this is our sixth year doing uh, field trip. These international tours have made the San Diego Museum of Contemporary Art an unofficial ambassador for Tijuana. Back when the museum first launched the tours, it was one of the only institutions doing it. Now lots of museums in San Diego and Los Angeles take their members on guided tours of the border city. It's a thing now. And these tours of Tijuana have played an important role in keeping tourism alive in a city where the murder rate is skyrocketing. Images of dead bodies hanging from freeway overpasses in TJ have been burned into the brains of some people in the U.S. But during tours like these, those gruesome images can get replaced with images of art, like the collection of huge, colorful murals decorating some of those same freeway overpasses where bodies have dangled. Uh, enjoy. When we're, now that we're waiting here, it's uh, on your left, 
there's a mural uh, at the entry and that is by artist Alvaro Blancarte. Alvaro Blancarte is now 84. He's an artist in our collection and I consider him the grandfather of the cultural and art scene in Tijuana. TJ tour takers tend to come back for seconds or even thirds. Uh, by a show of hands, how many of you have been in this field trip before? Oh, wow! <laughs> thank you! Thank you, thank you. There were so many familiar faces that I was just like, we should just ask. Three quarters of the group have been on the museum's Tijuana tour before. They go once, have a good time, then go again and again. Lots of people need that shepherding their first, second, and third times around. Brent Jacobs from Del Mar was on his second museum tour to TJ. Uh, we are uh, just leaving downtown San Diego, heading towards the border. Uh, I am um, an amateur artist, uh, and I'm very interested in what's happening south of the border culturally. And I think it's a real opportunity uh, to just get closer to what's going on. But Tijuana, it's so vibrant. Um, it is growing there. It is in, uh, innovative. They have high-tech companies there now. Um, the art scene is, uh, well, I'm exploring it now, but it is creating a whole genre of international artists in all different kinds of media. With every trip Brent takes, he says he gets closer to his ultimate goal of renting an art studio in Tijuana. He dabbles in impressionistic painting, and he likes painting in plein air or going outside, finding an interesting scene, and setting up his easel outside and painting what he sees. He says he sees himself one day setting up his easel out in the open in downtown Tijuana, painting the scenes he sees unfurling in front of him. He's not quite there yet, but he says maybe soon. So um, I'm going to ask some questions in regards to that because so much is going on. Plus, it'd be... Uh, I'm sure very inexpensive and be very uh, enriching to work with an open space with other artists. About 20 minutes after leaving downtown San Diego, the bus arrives at the border. Inside, the recently built Port of Entry building is so clean it's gleaming. It's also completely empty. The 27 people from the bus are the only ones here. The group takes a few minutes to fill out a short form. They pull out their passports and get them stamped. Thank you. Is that it? Yep. Yeah. That's it. Now they're officially in Mexico. It's as easy as that. This is a breeze. This was a breeze. Yeah. I think very, I mean, very efficient. I mean, what's a few minutes to stand in line? I mean, okay. so there's one guard here um, with a pretty big gun. Does that make you at all nervous, or? No, not really. I think it's just like a stage problem. <laughs> I'm pretty, pretty laid back, aren't I? I just gave him a thumbs up. <laughs> and he gave you a smile, right? Yes, he smiled behind his 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 kerchief. That's Mara Cariso. She's actually one of the folks on the tour who has absolutely no fear. She says she joined today's tour simply because she likes the museum and the artists they introduce her to. Mara and most of the others on the tour I was with are retired and wealthy enough to travel. 
The museum tours cost about $150 and take place during work hours, so they naturally attract this kind of crowd. For a few retirees, the trip brings back childhood memories of crossing the border in the 60s, before there was much of an actual border at all. Folks could drive back and forth pretty freely. They remember a time before violence was a thing that anyone needed to worry about. Here's June Rubin and Mavis Porter. In the 60s with my family, we used to come probably once a month and uh, buy, you know, baked goods and little um, jewelry and clothing and perfume. Uh, But then eventually, I guess, crime picked up. Used to come down here just to buy flowers on Saturday mornings. I could just pop down and pop back. $0.35 for a dozen gladiola, give them to friends, yeah. Okay, we need to take a break. But when we come back, producer Kinsey Moreland and the group head to Centro Cultural Tijuana, or SECUT, the city's contemporary art museum. Worlds away from the city's problems and any concerns they might have had about crossing into Tijuana, they meet a flamboyant border artist with big ideas. KPBS On Demand is supported by Under the Sun Foundation, presenting the Candlewood Arts Festival in Borrego Springs, featuring temporary public art projects that engage community and place. March 23rd. More at candlewoodartsfestival.org. After the bus makes it through the security check at the port of entry, The group is ushered back on and they start the quick drive to Tijuana's Contemporary Art Center. Within minutes, they arrive. Here's Kinsey again. It's been less than an hour since we left the museum in downtown San Diego. Mara is stoked. We've arrived. Our first point of destination, the Cultural Center of Tijuana. Uh, There are many exhibits going on right now. um, And... It's exciting to be here. And the, you, you drive in, it drive through the border, and within like a few minutes, we're here at the Cultural Center. It's beautifully located. Inside the museum, the tour group is guided through a solo show by Mexico City-based artist Sandra Pani. The work is a mix of drawings, paintings, and sculptures, much of it inspired by the human body, plants, bones, and other organic materials she finds in her surroundings. The show is quiet, subtle, almost meditative. I like this. What do you like about it? It's just a very attractive way of presenting different natural objects. It lies in extreme contrast to the next show, a solo exhibition upstairs by Tijuana artist Daniel Renova, the day's main attraction. Daniel is loud and has lots of opinions. His work is bright and bold. It's the type of in-your-face art that's more about the message than the medium. Hi, everyone. If we can gather right here at the front. ¿Cómo estás? Igualmente. Muchas felicidades. Gracias. Es un placer. With that, it's my pleasure to introduce you guys to the artist, Daniel Ruenova. Chris runs through Daniel's resume and explains his work. Daniel is known for his sculptures made of heavy metal bolted together or 
plastic guns he melts then melds together into different shapes. His paintings are neon-colored, aggressive, and often include text. He's a provocateur and opinionated critic of society and government, so the words in his paintings are mostly critiques or phrases meant to poke at people. Daniel's show at Sukkot was called Fake Truths, and it centered around the idea of the notion of fake news and a reality in which not everyone agrees on what's real and what isn't. Daniel is what many label a border artist. It's a term he hated when he was younger, since not all of his work relates to the fact that he lives in Tijuana near the border. But on the tour that day, he told me he's learned to embrace the term and even use it as a mechanism to get more attention. The hashtag border artist often shows up in his social media posts these days. Some of Daniel's work in the show at Sukkot addressed the border and President Donald Trump's tough immigration policies. A sound piece playing from behind a sculpture covered with the red and white stripes of the American flag played a deconstruction of the star-spangled banner that Daniel made. And to me, as an artist, as an observer, as a, as a as, as I would say, as a citizen of the world, eh, I think it is my job to look at what is happening in the world and try to put it on a plate maybe some years or some months or some decades before it really happens because the only thing artists are good at is to know eventually what is going to happen because we have all this time in the world to think about stuff. Daniel says his show is about anti-fascism. For years, his work has focused on power and the abuse of it. He says he considers Trump a fascist, and he told me that after Trump was elected, there was an uptick of interest in his art. I, I, I think people think I'm not crazy anymore, no? that I am speaking the truth. You know, It's not just this dude that's a little bit a, a, a high volume. You know, Daniel's latest body of work is about how he sees America changing under Trump. You know, I think we are uh, looking at the really huge shift in, in what used to be the empire that dominated the world. I think we are looking at it. I think we are looking at the normalization of American excellence, if you want to say. Uh, I think, uh, and for people on the border, we feel those ripples immediately. You know, I feel them like this. And I think you don't understand them when you are in it. But when you look at it from the outside, I now see seven United States. I don't see one. No? I see this, this, this thing that is changing. And this, it will change eventually the rest of the world. You know, that is the influence of the empire. Please, no? The tour group is totally beguiled by Daniel. They crowded around him asking questions, and many commented on how his outsider perspective on the United States was so spot on. After peppering Daniel with questions and compliments, the group then heads to a restaurant attached to the museum. They eat pasta and drink wine and beer made in the region. And they also eat a Caesar salad, a dish most people agree was invented in Tijuana. Uh, here cooking the Caesar salad, uh, original Caesar salad from TJ. The ingredients is anchovies, uh, garlic, Dijon monster, parmesan cheese, Roman lettuce, uh, olive oil, black pepper, Worcestershire sauce, uh, egg yolk, lime juice, and this one croton. 
the drug war, the violence, the fear of the border city. It's nowhere near here. The tourists are just enjoying themselves, kicking back. And some of them use the lunch to get to know one another. Daniel's work is a topic of discussion. Oh, I really thought it was explosive, like shot out of a cannon. Truthfully, not my thing, but I appreciated it. And I, and I saw him in his art. I think I just liked him a lot and how aware he was of what is going on in the world uh, and the influence of capitalism in the U.S. And when you're in the U.S., you don't, you're probably not quite as clued into it. So having that international perspective. Um, and I, I like the visuals also, the paintings and his use of tape and the colors. Uh, yeah. What did I like his passion. I thought he was just so alive. And often artists aren't as accessible, but he was so willing to share. Those last two ladies are Judy and Hillary Halter. Hillary grew up in San Diego, but she moved to New York for college and just recently moved back. She had been to Tijuana once, long ago when she was younger, but as a volunteer, not a tourist. She and her mom say the tour has convinced them to visit the border city again. Any fear they had about crossing is gone. Yeah, I will definitely be back. Yeah. 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 I will. I love it. I think it's exciting. I think it's really exciting. And for April and Chris from the San Diego Museum of Contemporary Art, that's one of the best possible outcomes. A lot of them feel empowered and excited to come back on their own once they've navigated and seen what it's like and how great the food and restaurants and things are. Um, the only thing is they're always tired when we get back, but, you know, are we, are we there yet? Are we there yet? But that doesn't really start until we've stopped looking at the art, and it's, we're starting the process of border crossing and traffic and all that. After lunch, the group goes on to visit the studios of other artists in Tijuana. They end the day with a glass of Baja wine and a tour of a new artist-run gallery space downtown. Fear is a funny thing. Sure. Sometimes it serves to protect you from things that are actually dangerous. We can thank the cavemen and saber-toothed cats that kept trying to eat them for planting that seed of fear deep in our brains. And it does keep us safe sometimes. But a lot of times, fear just prevents people from doing things they want to do. And that kind of fear can't exist without that initial longing. Tijuana's creativity and coolness beat back the fear this time. The art greased the wheels, making it easier for the tourists to eventually slip back and forth across the border on their own, without all the hand-holding. Next time on the podcast, a story about a seamstress who's building community connections 
while building her business in Barrio Logan. She saw potential in it and like that we converted into something else and now she's like wants to kick us out and put someone else. Obviously like anytime that you're going into somewhere where everyone's like there's a lot of gentrification going on, you're like oh crap like we don't want to be part of that. Only here can you find a seamstress who's been on both sides of the gentrification coin. Here is a KPBS podcast hosted by me, Alan Lilienthal. It was written and produced by Kinsey Moreland. Emily Jankowski is the technical producer. Lisa Morissette is operations manager, and John Decker is the director of programming. KPBS podcasts are made possible by listeners like you. Go to kpbs.org to make a donation or become a member today. Thank you. KPBS On Demand is supported by Under the Sun Foundation, presenting the Candlewood Arts Festival in Borrego Springs, featuring temporary public art projects that engage community and place. March 23rd. More at candlewoodartsfestival.org.